friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Dear JCPS is a district-focused stakeholder advocacy group that demands accountability and transparency from JCPS through a lens of equity. Save Our Schools Kentucky is a statewide advocacy group that seeks to expose and prevent attempts to privatize our public schools, including charter schools and everything else from the ALEC playbook. Hello and welcome to the March 13th, 2021 episode of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. I'm your host, Gay Adelman. Today's program begins with a recording of a live stream that I made earlier this week regarding events that are taking place. So I only have a few minutes, but I want to give a few updates on some things that are going on. Um, I just wanted to talk about how um, this past year and three months have been traumatic for all of us, no question. Um, The trauma, the unaddressed trauma is something that as a society we need to learn to recognize and identify and address and respond appropriately. How we respond to people in trauma, how, how those of us who may have um, our trauma addressed or not have experienced the same extent of trauma over the past year and, and few months, it's our responsibility to respond appropriately to those who have experienced trauma. I had, I'm very fortunate to have flexibility in my job to decide when money is more important than personal time off. Uh, Sometimes I can say I'm okay with not making any money this week or this month or even this year uh, because I've got options, right? That's that's privilege. Um, And then on top of that, I can work remotely. I can manage projects that I have in the pipeline from anywhere. And that's another privilege that I have. So a few weeks ago, I recognized that uh, the stress of everything had gotten to the point where I couldn't prioritize, I couldn't respond appropriately, um, I couldn't uh, make good, efficient use of my time anymore because everything was an emergency. Everything is, it is, everything is an emergency and everything is a crisis, but uh, we have to be able to cope with that. We have to uh, be able to recognize uh, when we're in over our heads and when we're feeling overwhelmed. And uh, so my husband and I decided to take a week and uh, go do some other things. And at the end of that week, I wasn't ready. I, I was not ready to go back. Um, I had the privilege of taking a second week and a third week and still not sure I'm ready to come back, but uh, I am feeling much better and much more uh, clarity of thought. And I do see some really big top priorities uh, in the near future that need to be addressed first. And then I see some long-term goals and some things that I can do differently, ways that I can move differently so that I don't repeat the same patterns. Uh, and find myself in the same situation, but that I can be uh, there to support others who are going through what I've gone through and what others are going through or have gone through. And so um, 
that's my goal. That's one of the purposes of today's live stream. Um, but uh, also just, you know, even though I was gone for three weeks, um, I wasn't on the beach every day. I did take one day where I uh, was by myself. I went to a hotel by my, I've never done that before either. I went to a hotel by myself. I went to um, a restaurant by myself. Um, did a lot of things. Uh, spent a week actually by myself uh, driving around the Florida coast. Um, but it was a work type it wasn't just beach time. There was some beach time. Absolutely. You're not going to go to uh, the beach, go to Florida, not go to the beach. Um, but it was mostly work. It was uh, research uh, related and it was um, uh, helping a family member with uh, getting their living situation squared away. And uh, the conditions were hard. They were hard. Uh, there were two days without power and uh, electricity. I guess power is electricity, but no air conditioning, no refrigeration, and no cooking equipment. Uh, we had a, sh a community shower, and I used a community shower and the community laundry room. And I know that's not uh, that's a that's a luxury. Um, many people do that. Um, but I'm don't want to give the impression that I was at a luxury hotel uh, at the spa the entire time. I was part of a, of a boating community and I was living on a base where I could not come and go. I could not leave. And so uh, if, um, if I needed something, I had to make do with whatever resources were available. And uh, that was, that was an, uh, an empowering experience. It honestly was. Um, I was part of a community that held each other accountable. If, if somebody did something they shouldn't have done, the community told them that they had done something they shouldn't have done. And they tell them in a loving and re redirective sort of way the first time or two. But if you continue, then uh, it's, it's handled appropriately within the community. And so um, there, there were some really great uh, experience, personal growth and experiences that I it was able to have as part of that situation. And so, um, I just want to share that with you because, uh, I think it's important. I think it's important that we, uh, learn more about each other and how we, uh, work together as a society to function and how we depend, how, how codependent we are on each other in both the, the science host, uh, sort of way, you know, the coexistence sort of way, but also in the, neuroses sort of way you know the the abusive personality types and the codependent personality types all of that plays a factor and all that plays a role in uh good coping skills and so um i'm seeing more uh awareness and conversation around mental health and i think that's great and i think it's important that we learn the vocabulary and that we don't get defensive when someone uses a term on us because that's something that i've noticed uh people shut down when you, when uh someone simply says you're centering or you know you identify uh behavior that we really are just trying to help each other right we really just want uh all of us to to 
coexist and function uh, as a society uh, well. And uh, we can't do that when there are people who uh, take advantage of other people. We can't do that when there are people who don't hold other people accountable. Um, so those are some areas that we need to work on in the immediate, in the immediate future. And so that will be one area of focus that, uh, that I am uh, working on. Uh, secondly, um, we've got some things at the local level, school district level, that are happening right now that are really important, including uh, high stakes testing is starting this week and um, K-PREP. And there is a young lady who uh, was interviewed by WHAS uh, last night, and her interview is on their Facebook page. It's also on the Dear JCPS Facebook page. Uh, please watch it. She is uh, being a conscientious objector and opting out of K-PREP at her school. And uh, her mother, is going to be a guest with me tonight on Dear JCPS on our Facebook page. Um, oh, and another reason why I've been absent the last three days, I was actually on a Facebook pan, uh, Facebook ban because I offended, I used the words white trash. And uh, apparently, even though it, has, it was four days later uh, that somebody went back in through my posts and found something that they could flag as hate speech, and Facebook uh, saw that that was my third offense and they gave me a three-day uh, ban uh, over the, even over Mother's Day in a pandemic when moms really kind of need that emotional support during uh, holidays like that. But, you know, whatever. Um, I am pulling in now, so I'm probably going to be getting off my phone soon. Um, but, so tune in to Dear JCPS Facebook page tonight and hear the interview with the mother. And if the student wants to join us, uh, she will hopefully be there as well. She's in class right now, so we, we're not gonna interrupt her. We're gonna ask her when she gets through. Um, I still have a few of these uh, It's Our Time JCTA soft red cotton t-shirts. Um, they are uh, long sleeves, so they're perfect for this week's weather. We're having some cool weather. I just have smalls and mediums and maybe one extra large left. I don't have any larges or anything bigger than extra large, but if you would like one, uh, put your shirt size down in the comments and I'll figure out how to get one to you until they're gone. Like I said, I just have a few left, so it's first come first served. Um, and then the other thing we need to talk about is the JCTA bylaws changes that, are, that have been proposed that will make it possible for a, three, a panel of three people that Brent appoints to determine if someone has been disloyal to the, to the union and vote them off. And there's already been innuendos that certain people that just got appointed to the board who happen to be uh, BIPOC, uh, persons of color, um, it just so happens that uh, this would make it possible for them to be removed from the seats that they were elected by members to fill. So be watching what's going on because it's very reminiscent to what happened in the PTA elections a couple of years ago when BIPOC and allied uh, anti-racist um, individuals uh, had tried to serve on the PTA board, um, but we were uh, not chosen 
So then we ran from the floor and then we saw emergency meetings and bylaws changes uh, in particular to prevent me from being able to serve if I got elected because I had been voted off the board a few years prior. So uh, I've got audio recordings and documentation of all of those events. And there, now that we see that there's patterns and parallels going on, uh, we need to uh, demand a pattern or practice investigation on our district and the organizations that it allows to influence um, policies and spending. So on that note, have a great day. Hopefully I'll see you guys tonight. Take care. Hi everybody, this is Gay Adelman. I am here with you today. We're doing a live uh, interview with a young lady named Lucy, who is a student at Western Middle. She's gonna to talk to us tonight about her decision to refuse K-PREP testing at her school. And uh, her mother is also here with us, Sarah Stalker. And what I'd like to do first is share my screen and hopefully you can hear the uh, interview that she did yesterday with WHAS. Let me get my screen share going here. She did an interview yesterday with WHAS and you can catch it on our Facebook page, our Dear JCPS Facebook page. This week, students across the state will take the K-PREP test. It's one way the state and country evaluate how students are performing. But a Jefferson County student says the standardized test is not accurate and is refusing to take it. The night team's Tom Lally spoke with her and KDE to see why the Commonwealth continues testing this way. Lucy Roy Bachman is a seventh grader in the Jefferson County School District. I've always just enjoyed going to school. This week, instead of taking the K-PREP like the rest of her class, She'll sit at her desk wearing this shirt. All three days. If you ask her why. This test is broken and it's part of a broken system. She says the test does not accurately depict students' progress. After the year they've had, she says the stress is unnecessary. And the Kentucky Department of Education actually agrees with that second part. This is why we did not support um, the decision to have testing. Um, however, you know, the funding is, is crucial for our schools and for our districts. In February of this year, U.S. Ed sent out this letter, allowing states flexibility in their assessments while underscoring the urgency of new test results. Kentucky's Department of Education says this tied their hands and that canceling K-PREP could risk millions in Title I funding which is an essential source of much-needed funding for many of our schools and districts. This is not a JCPS problem or even a Kentucky problem. This is something that schools are dealing with across our whole country. Sarah Stalker says Lucy is not her first child to say no to this exam. Aside from the pandemic, she and Lucy say the test was flawed to begin with. And I think we are guilty as just being human of doing the same thing over and over and Sometimes even when we know it's not the right thing or it's not the most helpful thing, um, but it's because the way we've always done it. Trouble at home, depression, anxiety, those are not circles to be filled on a test. While the state says this is not the only metric used to measure students' progress, Stalker points out K-PREP results have partially determined what high school a student like Lucy could get into. For The Night Team, I'm Tom Lally. Thank you so much for joining us 
this evening and taking some time to let us know a little bit more about uh, what you are, what conscientious objector you have become. Uh, and I see your mute, your mic is muted. So if you wouldn't mind unmuting your mic and introducing yourselves and letting us know a little bit about uh, what brings you uh, out uh, to tell your story tonight. Hi, I'm Lucy, and I'm here to talk about how I will not be participating in KPRAP. And my name is Sarah, and I am Lucy's mother, and I am here to say I'm in 100% support um, of her choosing to opt out by sitting in. So Lucy's, Lucy's goal is to attend, um, but to not pick up the pencil. Um, we did give Lucy the opportunity when she said, I don't want to participate just the other night. She said, I, she, well, you tell me, what did you say? <laughs> I, when they told me that I could just stay home and said, I told them that I'd rather stay, stay at school and just sit there to try proving my point even more. Which I thought was great. Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> Why let it go? I'll still show up when you say, you know what, you can just stay home. And she said, no, I think it's important that I just show up and I just refuse to take the test. I said, right, right. that's fine. So let's start at the beginning a little bit because uh, it sounds like there was some conversation with the district administration. Did you tell your teacher, Lucy, that you didn't want to take the test? How did that conversation start? I've not told my teacher yet. Um, have just, I was just told my parents, I was like, I don't want to take the test. And we said right. that's 100% okay. Now, it was important to me, though, to reach out to the school, which I did do over the weekend, just to give them a heads up that Lucy had had this conversation with us about um, not participating in the test. And I wanted them to be aware of it. Um, my goal is not to catch anybody off guard. It's not a gotcha. Um, I have such an incredible amount of respect for our schools and our teachers, you know, if, if anything after this year, if you don't, I'm not sure what's going on <laughs> um, with you personally, but, um, and it has nothing to do with the teachers. Um, this is a really big problem that is happening across our country. And Lucy's really, you know, she's aware of that. She knows this has nothing to do with her school or even her district or even her state. Um, and she said to me the other day, this is a problem from the top. And I said, absolutely right this is a problem from the top um so while we appreciated um not having to have kids take the test in 2020 um we were expecting the same sort of grace um to be extended to children while we are still in the midst of a pandemic um so it was really disappointing to to hear that that was not going to be the case and so lucy decided i'm not participating and we said that's fine so she said to you, I don't want to take the test. And you, as the mom said, that's fine, Lucy, you can stay home. And that's when she said to you, I don't want to stay home. I want to make a statement. I want to go to school and not take the, to be intentional about not taking the test. Send a message. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And so I always say, you know, when, when our kids say, you know, here's how I feel about something, here's something I do want to do, I don't want to do, you know, um, 
we generally try to be really supportive of our kids. And I said, that's 100% fine. I'm not a supporter of this test in, in norm, what we would call quote unquote normal times. I should just say, you know, prior to the pandemic, um, I'm certainly not a supporter of it during a pandemic. So, um, you know, Lucy may want to give more details as to what her, what her rationale is as to why she doesn't want to take the test. Um, I talked to her a little bit about that, about what her reasons are, and I'm sure she's happy to share them with you tonight. Sure. So when you decided to be in person for this testing, and it's three days worth of testing, that you're, what are you prepared to do? What, what do you expect that experience to be like, Lucy? Well, I'm probably just going to sit there and like stare off into space the entire time. Quietly, mm -hmm. just to not distract your other classmates, right? But when your teacher, I think what, what Gay is wanting to know is what happens when you get into the classroom and you sit down and a packet is handed to you and a pencil? Like, where do you go from there? I just won't pick up the pencil. I'll pick up the pencil. So she she had showed her a shirt in the <laughs> previously. Yeah. She, she said, I'm going to, so this is what she worked on over the weekend. She said, I'm going to wear a shirt objecting, right? So that people are really clear because one of her other um, goals was to, to to get other kiddos, other students. So you, you're welcome to share. Yep. So this is a homemade shirt over the weekend. Um, a creative kid can do a lot with a couple of Sharpies and a white tee. Right. right. <laughs> um, so and you don't have to have decided today that you're going to refuse the test. You can decide, your classmates can decide the day of. So they may see your t-shirt and be inspired to do as Lucy is doing and not pick up the pencil as well. The night that I made the t-shirt, I actually sent a picture with a text message saying, if you can opt out to every single like contact that would be taking K-Prep this year in my phone, Nice. And the responses you get back from some of your classmates and friends. Well, some people were very confused because I just had their number for one like group project, so I had to tell them it was me. <laughs> um, and then a couple other people said that they had to because their parents would force them to do it, and if they didn't, they'd get yelled at. So I told them a couple reasons that they could tell their parents why they didn't want to do it. And some students were under the impression that they had to do it. Like she yeah. read off a message. She was like, this person said to me, Lucy, we have to do this. And she was like, no, you don't. Right. <laughs> so. And in fact, we saw on the KDE interview uh, that was uh, that was during your interview that the they tried to get the waiver. We, as a state, we tried to get the waiver. We tried to make it so the test won't count. Uh, our new president ran on a campaign platform that he was going to uh, get rid of high stakes testing and um, he, he never made the waiver available. So it sounds to me from that interview that uh, the state agrees that these tests are a waste of time and a waste of resources. But in order, if they were to proactively come right out and say, we're not giving the tests, they risk getting federal funding. That's the funding, that funding has never been withheld before. Uh, we're not taking uh, administering tests to any state, um, but we don't want to be the state that finds out the hard way that, uh, you know, maybe they want to punish and set an example or what have you. So Kentucky is not willing to take that chance, but they have also said, correct me if I'm wrong, that these tests 
won't be counted this year. The data has already been dismissed. That's correct. So every everyone who is taking the test is um, just wasting that time, right? And the teachers and the administrators that are giving it are just wasting that time. And considering we have so few in-person days, uh, now that we've uh, restarted in-person schooling, uh, and by the way, you are, uh, you are not a virtual student, you are um, attending uh, two days a week, is that right? Mm -hmm. Thursdays and Fridays. So uh, when you go to school on Thursday, it'll be the first chance that you have to, to refuse the test and to not pick up the pencil. And maybe by then, uh, other parents will have seen this interview and maybe have started asking a few questions and say if, if, if there was ever a time to make a statement uh, and not have it count against you, this would be it. Uh, we've got families that are virtual for health reasons and for various other reasons, and they are also being given the option to take the test and maybe feel pressured to do so, maybe feel like it might hurt their school or hurt the system or hurt their teacher or someone in the classroom that they care about uh, if they don't take the test, but that's not true. Uh, this year of all years, uh, we know that to not be true. So uh, this is a great year to experiment with opting out and just see how it goes, but also see what kind of response and reaction you get uh, from your school administration. Because what I have found is that not every school is getting the same response and the same reaction. And so when a parent contacts their school and says, my child won't be taking this test, some are told you have to take the test. Some are told, uh, here's a form you can fill out. And some were given a form ahead of time and said, fill out this form if you're not gonna be taking the test. So uh, there is a disparity uh, between the, the, the way parents and students are treated from school to school. And I have found, uh, you may recall, Sarah, you may recall uh, that I had to go to court to get some data a couple of years ago that demonstrated some of the disparities between the schools and uh, how that correlated in particular with PTA data, but it also showed the, the spreadsheet that I made then also showed uh, the correlation, correlation between test scores, the correlation between minority status, the correlation between free and reduced lunch, the correlation between whether or not those schools still had SBDM status. And no matter how you sorted it, all of the schools that were high poverty, high minority uh, also were the ones that um, had the lowest test scores, also were the ones that had lost their site-based decision-making councils, and of course, were also the ones that had the hardest time recruiting parents uh, for PTA. So uh, because those schools are under the microscope, most often there's more pressure on their families and on their students to uh, do things that are in the interest of the adults instead of in the interest of the students. And it's, and it's really broken to begin with because the way we've structured is that somebody always has to be in the bottom, right? So those bottoms then become the priority schools and then we have to rush in and give all of our, um, you know, potential time and resources and attention and, and funding, but it never, you know, it, I've never seen any sort of follow through with that. So, you know, the the response has always been, or the reason, um, the justification as to why we do this is, is so that we can, we can gauge and better understand what children need. And I will, and I will say that 
a standardized test is not going to tell us anything we don't already know. Um, so I'm a big fan of data just as much as the next person. What I'm not a fan of is admiring the problem and saying, well, we just need to get more data. Um, you know, the amount of money that we spend, <laughs> um, you know, just the state of Kentucky alone, I think it's somewhere around 20 million, 21 million. And then I believe there's additional funding provided by JCPS around the 5 million mark, somewhere around there. That, you know, I don't know how we, how we make a justification to spend that kind of money just on a test that isn't um, that isn't really helpful, right? And so th there, there's so many other um, issues, and and I don't know how many parents are stopping to to think about um, and connect the dots on why this doesn't make sense. Um, you know, it would be like if I if I gave a contractor half the materials they needed, half the tools they needed, and then said build this house or build this building, and then I took a separate amount of money and funding that I had and said, now I'm going to assess you <laughs> and see how well you did um, with the electrical and the plumbing and the foundation, right, and, and how solid um, of a structure did you build? And it's like, well, why wouldn't we just give that funding um, to the schools to begin with. So, you know, the, the fact that we knew that this um, wasn't going to be held against us yet, we still couldn't get a waiver. I'm not sure what the incentive is for anybody to, and with 40% of students still participating virtually, I'm not sure how we can say in the, in the name and for the sake of data, anything. The data the data isn't going to be helpful. It's going to be skewed because we have so many children missing and it's going to just not be helpful to begin with because kids aren't, aren't able to get what they need this year. And that's no one's fault. It's not about pointing fingers. It's about just calling it for what it is and right. saying, um, let's really prioritize our kids' mental health. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents who are stressed out this year and they're, you know, worried about my kids falling behind. And I was like, everybody is behind. Like, it's everybody. Right, there right. is no behind. The start line has now moved. And the goal should not be how to thrive in a pandemic. It's how to survive. So, you know, kids are already stressed out enough just trying to um, adjust to, to everything we've asked them to do this year. Um, the last thing they need to do is to take a test that's already stressful. You are listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. I'm your host, Gay Adelman. We are about halfway through uh, the program, so I want to take this moment to do a quick station identification and just remind you that you are listening to Forward Radio 106.5 FM. You can also catch our program on SoundCloud. We have a Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS playlist under the Forward Radio's channel. And you can also visit our website at dearjcps.com to listen to our audio archives file and listen to these recordings in their entirety. Please support public access to community radio by visiting forwardradio.org and making a donation. We now continue with our interview with Lucy Roy Bachman and her mother, Sarah Stalker, who talked to us about why she is refusing to take the K-PREP test, the high-stakes test that is required of students across Kentucky. 
So I want to turn it over to Lucy, though, because she has her points as to why she's not right. um, interested in participating. So like she said, it doesn't evaluate our true potential. It just it barely even can scratch the surface. And we should be spending that money that we use for testing on our teachers who are being underpaid and have to buy supplies out of their own pocket. I had a teacher who had to buy a stapler out of her own pocket because the school wouldn't give her one. And also, we already have a lot of additional stress that is just not needed. It's just more stress piled on top. And it feels cruel. Like that was something that Lucy said to me the other night. She's like, it just, or she might have used the word mean. And I'm like, yeah, it does. It feels really insensitive and really cruel to just pretend like it's back to business as usual. Well, I'd also like to say, I feel like we all felt like it was cruel just at the beginning because we had to sit there in complete silence at a small table that wasn't the right size. And we couldn't even barely glance at someone or else we'd be counted as cheating. I mean, this was um, the prior, prior to the pandemic. Yeah, to the pandemic. So yeah, this is what it was normally And like. then we'd go and after the test, we'd just continue doing schoolwork. And so here you are having spent almost a full calendar school year, full school year virtual, and you finally got a chance to be back in person um, with half, you know, half of your class. And uh, so you're only there two days a week instead of five. So your time is limited. The amount of material that you can cover in person is limited. And instead of spending those precious, valuable hours on meaningful instruction and uh, covering topics that you struggled with when you were uh, virtual, which we all know everyone had, uh, had those challenges, um, they're spending it on something completely unhelpful and unrelated. And in, in the past, even when it's not pandemic times, those test scores don't guide instruction. They don't tell teachers what, they're, what they need to do to help the students catch up. They don't help tell the students or the parents uh, what they've missed. And they also don't come back until the following school year. So it's too late to, to, to do anything with that information. And uh, kind of along the lines of the, you know, spending all of that money on the assessment itself instead of on the work, uh, you don't have to take all of the blood out of a patient to uh, determine their blood type. And a thermometer never made anyone well. Those are two of my favorite quotes related to high success. No matter how many times you take the temperature, it's not doing anything to make the student better at, you know, no matter how often we test them, it's not instructing them. And we've gotten, uh, we've allowed uh, big money outside corporate testing companies to call the shots and uh, take more and more power and voice away from taxpayers and away from uh, parents and students and teachers and educators who know, we all know what we need to be doing instead. And we're powerless to actually uh, flip that switch. So, you know, it's, it, it kind of comes down to the students, you know, people like you, Lucy, who are actually uh, making a statement. If you had stayed home, it might have just been forgotten, but you're going to show up and you're going to make a statement and hopefully 
yesterday's news coverage isn't the end of this. You know, hopefully other students join and maybe it's not, maybe it's a, a, a group of students at Western, but also maybe some students uh, in, in schools across the district and especially in our high performing schools, because that's where uh, those of us with, with privilege, I'm gonna say that word, uh, those of us that have the ability to not be harmed uh, by, by not taking a test. It, it's possible that someone who, let's talk about that because it's important. It's possible that someone who does not take the test uh, has that counted against them somewhere down the road when they apply to a magnet school, even though I believe they say they can find other assessments and they, they won't come right out and say to you, you can't get into manual if you don't take this test because especially now, especially with people's health concerns being a reason why they might not be able to come in person and take the test, you can't penalize students for that. Um, so they have to find alternative ways to assess students uh, to get them into the magnet programs that they're, that they're requesting. So now more than ever is a good time for, for uh, us to advocate for that. But, um, but also just uh, those of us who uh, maybe attend schools that already score well, so they're not under the microscope. Um, you know, students who test well already um, and who aren't, you know, right now it's like, oh, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. I see that a lot. It's, uh, just take the test. It's not a big deal, right? Well, if that's your attitude, you're probably the one who we need to be looking at this the most closely and the most seriously because they're the ones whose data they, you, they're, they're using your data. They're taking advantage of you because they want your test scores. They want your data. So deny them the data that they use to harm other people. So that's what being a conscientious objector is about it's not just about standing up for your individual rights but it's about standing up for the rights of the collective for the greater good and so that's why I admire you Lucy uh, for what you're doing and you mentioned uh, that your interview yesterday was longer than what uh, we saw and there were some things that you some points you made on the interview that didn't make it onto the onto the program is there anything from that that you would like to share with our audience tonight well my call to action was not put in there. But I want to encourage as many kids as possible to opt out. And I kind of want to do the same thing as what the teachers did when they wanted more pay. I want to do a strike. Because if they don't, like you were saying, if they don't have the data, they can't do anything. Yeah, so that would be pretty cool if like kids all of a sudden started to kind of unionize or protest and, you know, kind of do a sit out by sitting in, you know, show up, but not, you know, not take. So I think um, this, this last year has been a real, um, eye opener for a lot of people and, um, kids have, you know, been on the front line on, on recently more so, um, a lot and they're, they're not going to just sit by and just continue to do things that don't make sense, right? They're, they're going to, Hey, say, Hey, we've got this problem with the environment. We've got this problem with education, right? They're, and it's affecting them. Right. Um, they are the stakeholders and they are the experts and we need to be listening to them. And, you know, I always say it's our job to kind of like figure out all the problems, like we're the grownups in the room, um, but we're not doing a good job of that. And we're failing um, kids every day, unfortunately. Um, and there are kids who, who maybe have a lot more privilege than others who will be just fine. Right. Um, but, you know, we're, we're always concerned about our kids 
and everybody else's kid. So um, I want to encourage more parents, you know, to, to think about what's best for all children, not just meeting only their child's um, needs. And, you know, to your point around the magnet schools, that just is another issue um, that compounds the already current issue around um, equitable schools, right? So I've talked to parents who said, I don't, I don't want to opt my child out because they're trying to move from fifth grade to sixth grade, right? Or from eighth grade to ninth grade. And they don't want their child to be penalized um for you know for basically getting a zero for a test that they didn't even sit for which i think is just absurd right so um let's not do that let's if a child says i'm, I'm not going to take this test then we just don't count that child's score <laughs> it's just right. Like right right well and you might be interested to know and maybe you already do know that um the reason you're having to take a zero instead of uh, opting out is because we don't have legislation that allows uh, our students and our families to quote unquote opt out. Other states do. And so that's another thing we can be doing is contacting our lawmakers, call your senators, call your house reps and tell them to support opt out legislation because then you could simply send in a note and not be tested and not have a score count one way or the other. But because we don't have an opt out provision uh, they want to make it as difficult as possible on everyone. And so that puts pressure on administrators to put pressure on, on parents and students and kind of guilt you into taking the test. So uh, again, some schools are going to have a different response than others. I'm, I'm confident that um, with the conversation that has taken place with, with your mother and the administration that I'm sure you will be treated with respect. Uh, when you do uh, refuse to pick up your pencil, but I don't think that every student will. And uh, I've seen it with my own eyes. My son went to Shawnee and I can remember uh, seeing student after student after student pressured into taking tests even when they had made it clear they weren't uh, participating. And I saw students that struggled in uh, subjects that um, needed additional help on those subjects in order to do well on the tests be pulled from meaningful instruction just so they can do more test prep and so that was in a non-pandemic uh, year when it when the tests did matter but um old habits are hard to break and i anticipate that there are people that just again don't want to be that one to not do the thing and so they're going to keep doing what they always do because you know they're going to have to do it again next year too, and they don't want to get out of that routine either. Um, pause there and just, I want to hold space for something that you said that I think is really important and super concerning at the same time. So that's the pressure that teachers and administrators are putting on children for what? And I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a teacher that would say that this is an important assessment, that they gain anything of value from this. Our teachers are the experts. In what other field do we require as much education as we do from our teachers and then not give them the respect um, to be the experts in the room? And you know, we come in and, and we micromanage. And I think there's something really wrong with our community when we're part of systems that we don't agree with what's happening and yet we're still doing it. Um, I think that's concerning. And I think that's a moment for people to pause and say, why am I doing this, right? And so that there's another opportunity, you know, maybe the students take all the, um, the power and say, you know, we're gonna own this 
and we're going to make this movement. But also, I would say to the adults, <laughs> you're the adults, and and then sometimes your voice is louder and easier to be heard than children's. And I think you have a responsibility as somebody who's in education to say, "Time out! I'm not participating in this," and we need to be there advocating. So it's 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 almost counterintuitive that we become part of these systems that that end up sometimes doing more harm than good. And so I just want to encourage um, anybody who touches education in any sort of way, um, and that really is everybody <laughs> from, you know, the taxpayer who says, I don't have kids, um, to, you know, to the teachers, to the administrations, to the people who sit on the Board of Education, um, to the president, right, is to say, this isn't, um, this isn't right, we know it's not right, um, and we need, to, we need to make some meaningful change. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, on the Dear JCPS uh, website, dearjcps.com, we have links and even a survey. I'm curious to find out if, if anyone who's watching this uh, maybe has asked their school if they can refuse the test, like what's involved and what kind of response that they may be received, and if they're being told that they have to take the test or if they're uh, being cooperated with. Um, because again, I want to compare. I want to see if there are disparities. I think they should do a REAP, a, a racial equity analysis protocol review on uh, having how standardized their responses are. I asked if there's a standardized response and I couldn't get an answer from the board members that I contacted. So uh, the district is not being forthcoming with parent rights. And I think that's, I think that's unfortunate um, because we know that that means that everyone will have a different experience. And so I'm um, encouraging people to complete our survey, but in that survey, you can also let us know if you need help, if you want us to kind of coach you or guide you through, if you hit this wall or hit that wall, what can you do next? Uh, we've, got, we've got teachers who uh, can't come on this program publicly and say the things that we're talking about today. So uh, that doesn't mean we're acting alone here. We're just uh, providing uh, that coverage, but they're working with us behind the scenes on counseling and consulting and putting people in the right, uh, in touch with the right people. Um, so they're on our dearjcps.com page, you'll see opt-out toolkit is one of the main buttons at the top on the top right. Uh, so visit that. And there's also a Refuse the Test KY Facebook page and Facebook group that we just started today because we've just been so slammed with everything going on. Um, we, we know that this is something that needs to, to take hold and uh, maybe some of the students can help run it. You know, Lucy, if you want to help us kind of uh, put some posts in there and help help be an admin and get other students to help us uh, get it off the ground, we'd love to 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 uh, support you. You know, turn it over to you and support you in that. Um, we also have a place for if your if your rights are violated, uh, because this happens. Um, parents are being. It was in, in another county, but a parent was. Uh, basically threatened and told that their child had, they're, an in, they're a virtual only student and they have health concerns and they were being threatened and told that they had to, to come into school. And it wasn't until uh, we got authorities, I mean, that's probably a tougher word than I should use, but, but um, uh, agencies involved that they suddenly were like, oh no, you don't have to take the test. You know, suddenly it was like, oh yeah, you have rights. Oh, we forgot. You know, so, you know, let us help you advocate and uh, put you in touch with people that um, can make, make the change happen. So um, 
Is there anything else that I forgot to cover that you kind of want to make sure we don't forget? Anything else from you? No, no just encouraging other, other students to, to, to really think about it. I mean, we always tell, we always tell our kids, question everything. Question, question what we say, right? Like you, I get kids typically are products of their environment and they sometimes will tend to think whatever their parents think because that's just what they right think is probably right. And, you know, we, we tell our kids all the time, you know, that's what we believe, but what do you believe? You don't have to believe what we believe, you know? And so, you know, teaching kids to think critically <laughs> is really important um, and, and to push back and to ask questions and to not feel, you know, we shouldn't penalize kids for that. And I want to say this, while I think every state should have the option, there should be waivers, we should have process and policies, and it should be clearly um, across the board, right, uh, the same. I don't want adults, just my departing <laughs> thought here is that I don't want the parents, the guardians to think um, just because they requested an opt-out form and didn't get one, um, or were told this is an option, that doesn't have to be your final answer. You're a guardian, you know what's in the best interest for your child, you get to make those decisions. And at Absolutely. the end of the day, the penalty is really nothing. Right. Right. It's nothing. And, and, no and one that is in jail. <laughs> you, know, your right. you know, your child's gonna still go to school. Everything is gonna be okay, right? And so um, I just want people to trust themselves <laughs> um, and to do what's right what you know to be right and particularly if you have a child who's questioning that to please listen to them and stand by them and support them um that should be all the time but particularly after the year we've had in the year that we you know that we have rolled into um it, it hasn't it hasn't come to an end so please support no. our kids that is a very very good point and lucy so you have three days of tests ahead of you is that correct so you're going to be sitting and staring a lot and like i said because we don't have that opt-out legislation you're not even allowed to have some alternative instruction or activity um yeah that's true um and, and i know yeah you can just do a lot of observing in those couple of hours and she's prepared she knows that you know i did say I think this is great you're doing this. I think it's great that you're encouraging your fellow classmates. What I do want to prepare you for is that you may do this 100% alone. And she said, that's fine. I said, you know, you, you will ask people and you will try to convince people and some people will want to do it and they still will not follow through. And so I just want you to be prepared for that. And she said, that's fine. She was like, I don't care if anybody else does it. She's like, I'll be there with my t-shirt on <laughs> and I'll just be sitting and not testing and being still really respectful to, you know, the rest of the folks in the room. And um, if we're allowed to bring our own peppermints, I will be eating a butt ton of peppermints. <laughs> She's going to bring peppermints and distribute them if she can to help other, other kids. Um, Apparently that's a focus thing that they used to give the kids in elementary school. They give them peppermints, and, yeah, and I, I guess know. that was enough to get kids yeah. excited about taking K props. But now we don't have the funding for peppermints. Right anymore. now we can't even afford peppermints. But that's all right. We went ahead oh. and the <laughs> so she'll show up in hand for those who need a peppermint for their test. Excellent, excellent. Well, I hope you take some pictures, whatever they will let you take, even if it's just outside before you go in wearing your T-shirt. 
and uh, you know, send us some, some pictures and some updates and let us know how it's going and maybe tell us some of the unexpected things that you ran into that you hadn't anticipated. And uh, maybe after Thursday, uh, if you tell that story, then on Friday, you might see some classmates joining you and maybe some people at other schools and various things. So let's keep, keep uh, the public informed and we'll be cheering for you, Lucy. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. All right. Have we'll a good evening. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Earlier in the program, I mentioned that there was a pattern or practice of discrimination taking place in JCPS, especially in regards to third party or outside entities or organizations. For the last few minutes of today's program, I would like to play for you some of the clips from a March 5th and March 6th, 2017 meeting where patterns or practices of fabricating evidence and pushing out parents who advocate or rock the boat took place very similarly to what is currently happening with Jefferson County Teachers Association and teachers who advocate for black, brown, and poor students or who otherwise are quote-unquote disloyal to the organization. On learning of Gay not going to be returned to the school. I received this letter from Ms. Holmes, principal in Moffin Elementary School. My concerns related to the Moffin PTA meeting on February 21st, 2017. At this meeting, Gay Adelman signed in at the front desk office with PTA listed as her reason for the visit. Even though I understand she is a board member with 15th District PTA, she attended the meeting wearing a Dear JCPS shirt, and her comments to the local news media, WHAS, immediately following the meeting bring into question her role and her intent for being at the school. During the interview, she gave commentary regarding JCPS and our school program. Ms. Adaman was also identified by the media as a parent as she stood in front of her school. Since she does not have children attending often, this is a further misrepresentation. Due to what I perceive to be false pretenses at worst and undistinguished roles at left, at least I would like to request that she no longer attend PTA meetings without prior permission from me, the building principal. The duty of obedience requires board members to comply with all local, state, and federal laws. That night, Tuesday night and Wednesday, I received multiple phone calls from the one to stay anonymous that were very upset that a confusion between were you there for PTA, dear JCPS, they were unclear, you were gay, Adelman, mop and parent. What it really goes back to is part of our bylaws are all under the duty of loyalty and duty of care and duty of obedience. The duty of loyalty is requires board members to act in the best interest of the association. Board members should not make decisions based on whether, which I know you are not benefiting, but instead of what is best for the PTA. Um, and I know you did not share confidential information. It's not what I'm saying, but it's just acting in the best of the association. If I'm representing PTA, which at the time of the interview, I was clearly a dear, dear JCPS representative, not a PTA representative. But in the, the office you signed in as PTA. 
when I signed in as PTA, I, I'm sorry, I thought that just meant I was attending the PTA meetings. Um, on my way out the door, I got a call from the media. They wanted to do an on-camera interview about the rally, not about what's going on at Maupin. This interview, the WHANS interview was about the rally. I'm, I met him on the street, by the way. I was not in the building yet. We were out on the corner in, on public property. Uh, he did the interview. There was another parent from and teacher from another school who met me there, um, who's also part of our rally. And that was 30 minutes before the meeting began, not after the meeting took place. I went inside, signed in, attended the PTA meeting. We talked about platinum royalties. Um, I think it was more than 20 minutes in before I got a phone call, not a text. My phone rang. I dismissed the call. I saw that it was Chris Brady. I dismissed the call, and I texted him with that automatic, can I call you later? And he texted me back, and he said, I need to talk to you in the next 15 minutes. So I left the room. When a classes were letting out, so it was noisy in the hall. There was a teacher's lounge across the hall that was completely empty. It was private. It was a private call. I took the call. I returned his call. He said, I need to know how many speakers you have signed up for tonight's board meeting. He said, well, I have seven signed up, and I was hoping that if, if you had more than, you know, if these were yours, I was going to ask if we could kind of call it back because I really don't want to be there all night. Da, 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 da. I said, we're having the rally up front. We're talking to media, but we're not uh, tying up your agenda. And I said, but I am at the Mop and PTA meeting, and as a parent advocate, now wearing my dear JCPS hat in a private room, in a private conversation, not thinking I need to hold up a card that says to somebody, I'm now wearing a different hat, I discussed with Chris Brady, I said, I think you're probably going to have some Mop and parents at your board meeting, because they're pretty fired up. He's like, yeah, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about how... Uh, the audit, and there's no one defending them, and Joe Leffert came out and did a Q&A, and so I'm telling him some of the things that I had heard. Someone came in, used the restroom, and left. I did not notice who it was, but I now understand it was Kim Kent. I don't know what Kim Kent looks like, so I didn't think to say to anyone, oh my gosh, somebody's going to think I'm meddling and that I'm talking to media instead of a board member. I'm advocating. It's what we do. I care about the success of our district and the success of the students, especially the ones that are the most vulnerable. And no one is standing up for them, and I'm sorry if by doing so I have somehow crossed a line. You said, Adam, you said that she received a call from her boss. That would be Joe Leppert? I'm not sure. Because I, I called Joe and asked him if um, what he was aware of, and he pretended to know nothing, so I find that interesting that... Um, the stories don't match up. What hat was she having on that day? As Dear JCPS, she can do what she wants. Dear JCPS, she can go and say, she can have rallies, she can scream and yell from the rooftops. She can do all that. But it's when we have the confusion, was she doing it with Dear JCPS or 15th District PTA? Which may not have happened if Adam had introduced her. Pinky, Pinky. You. You can listen to those recordings in their entirety on our website at DearJCPS.com under the Audio Archives tab, and we will play more of those recordings on next week's program. Thank you for joining us.